Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Thrive Sermon Series. During this series, we're exploring what it means and looks like to thrive in Christ. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. At this time, we're going to release our kids ages four through grade eight to go down that center aisle and over to the children's ministry wing so they can go to their classes. You know, as Cynthia said, this is the uh, week as we prepare for Thanksgiving, and we are so thankful and grateful for, uh, for you, uh, whether you're a first-time guest or uh, a long-time attender or member. We're, we're just grateful. And, and, you know, as Christ followers, like we just sang in that last song, you know, uh, Jesus uh, not only was raised from the dead, but he, he raised us up from our, our life in, when we were dead in sin. And so we have so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. And so particularly this week of all, not only do we need to show our gratitude to God, but we need to share the reason that we're grateful with others. And so I want to challenge you this week of uh, Thanksgiving. Look, I have a hunch Someday this week, probably Thursday, you're going to get together with some friends or family and you're going to have uh, a great meal together. And, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to talk about what you're thankful that day. So I want to challenge you to do that. Um, and, and as brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm actually going to go further. I want to challenge you to do it not just on, on uh, Thursday, but, uh, you know, start it today. And take it through the week. Tell, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, your boss, your employees, uh, your, your classmates, hey, you know what? I'm grateful for you. Just grateful for your friendship, grateful for uh, what we get to do. Uh, you know, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have so much to be grateful for. And even the people in our lives, we need to let them know as a way of just giving honor to God. We're in the middle of this series called Thrive, and it, for those of you who've been through the, uh, the series with us from the beginning, you know that this came out of John 15, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And then in the book of Galatians, we see this list of the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. God has sent us the Holy Spirit who lives in us and wants to bear those fruit and wants us to, to be, live God-honoring lives. And so today we're going to talk about the fruit of gentleness. Now, I think some of you are probably thinking, gentleness. I never think about being gentle. You know, maybe some of you guys think gentleness is never the way I think about myself. You know, I'm rough and tumble. But we're going to see what God wants us to see today. So if you would, bow your heads with me, and I'm going to ask God to speak to us. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come into this place, we're so grateful that you've sent us the Holy Spirit, and you've given the Spirit to every believer, and you want to bear fruit in our lives so we can live God-honoring lives that... uh, uh, honor you and point people towards your son, Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you'd give us ears to ear, hear and eyes to see this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I ran across a story uh, from another pastor. His name is Pastor Scott Sauls. He tells a story about something that happened in his church. And, of course, he had permission to share this story. But so it basically goes this way. Uh, um, a woman named Janet... First time showing up at the church, had two boys. She dropped them off at the nursery. After church, she went back to uh, pick up her kids. And, and the nursery worker came up to her and said, you know, 
we had, we had some problems with your boys. Uh, they got into fights with other kids, and, and one of your sons uh, broke some toys, and uh, J- Janet sort of took all that in, and, and then she just lost it on her boys. She just blew up, you know, yelled, screamed at them, swore at them, gathered up her kids, and just stomped out of church. Now, now the nursery worker who saw this, uh, you know, was the bearer of bad news, felt a prompting from God to follow up with Janet. And so she got in contact with Janet that week, and, and she said, you know, I know it was a hard Sunday. You know, I'm sorry that you got that bad news, but, but look, you know, I, I'd love to connect with you, and, you know, I want to invite you to come back next Sunday. Janet came back the next Sunday, and they started a friendship. And she came back the next Sunday, and the next Sunday, uh, her life was changed. She came to faith. And uh, um, she began to serve in ministry, eventually became the director of the nursery for the entire church. And when uh, Pastor Scott got to know her and heard her story, he found out that uh, that day that she came and lost it, she was in recovery from a heroin addiction. She was going through all the withdrawals and all the issues uh, of getting clean and sober. And uh, it was the gentleness of that nursery worker who just said, I'm going to reach out. And I'm not going to respond harshly to harsh behavior. I'm going to respond gently to harsh behavior. And and it changed the trajectory of Janet's life. You, You know... I believe part of the reason that God the Father and God the Son sent the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, was to teach us things uh, that Jesus didn't have time on the earth to teach and to remind us of what Jesus taught and to bear in us fruit that really we can't do in our own human strength. We need the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to look at this fruit of gentleness today because it's a powerful fruit. Now think about this. Gentleness involves our willingness to yield our rights to show consideration for others. I mean, think about it. That nursery worker could have come back at Janet as strong as she went verbally on her kids. Because, uh, you know, it, it wasn't appropriate, but she didn't. Again, gentleness involves our willingness to yield our rights to show consideration for others. Are you willing to yield your rights to show consideration to others? Bearing the fruit of the Spirit does not mean that uh, we have to give up being strong. It means we have to be sensitive to what God the Spirit wants us to do. And if you're a student of Scripture, you've noticed that while God is all-powerful and almighty, God is also gentle. We're going to look at a couple of verses from uh, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. It's going to be on the screen behind me, but, but look, juxtaposed to each other, the strength of God and the gentleness of God. In verse 10, see the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends to his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those that have young. 
God is almighty and all-powerful, but God is gentle and kind. You know, Jesus called himself the good shepherd, and he said, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And in the Gospel of Matthew, he, he says these words about himself. He, he, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The gentleness of God is revealed in the gentleness of the Son of God, our Savior. But, but not only is the gentleness of God revealed in Scripture and, and through Jesus, but it's also the gentleness of God is revealed through the Holy Spirit. You, you know, the Holy Spirit comes to, to teach us, to guide us, to comfort us. And it's been said of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, that the Holy Spirit never forces us to do things that we don't want to do never forces us. You know, here's the truth, and I said this a few weeks ago, you know, you can hold the Holy Spirit at arm's length. You know, like a football player giving a stiff arm to a tackler, you can just put your arm out and, and, you know, figuratively hold the Spirit at base. You know, Holy Spirit, I don't want to do that. Or you can't say, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, what do you want to do in my life? You want to work in me? I I, I want you to. I, I welcome you to come in. Nothing weird, nothing odd about that. It's just saying, you know, God, have your will and way in my life. Knowing God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, knowing that they demonstrate gentleness, gives us a model of what gentleness looks like. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to look to God for that. So I, I want to I make a couple of points this morning. Here's the first point. Gentleness helps us love like God loves. Gentleness helps us love like God loves. God loves us in firmness and in gentleness. Now, many of us are used to thinking of the sternness and firmness of God, but but we're going to also look at the fact that, that God is gentle this morning. As I mentioned already, God is a shepherd who cares for us and even carries us, his sheep. The gentle side of God can be seen in the relationship between Jesus and God the Father. There's a passage in Scripture in the Gospel of Mark where Jesus calls God the Father Abba. No, that's not a name of a band from the 1980s or 70s. Abba is an Aramaic word, the the language that that Jesus spoke in of the common man. And and it, it, it didn't mean Father. It meant Daddy, Daddy, I'm just, I mean, I'm sort of stunned by that to think that Jesus would speak to the Father as Daddy. I mean, just, it just, it touches me. And, you know, um, I'm a dad. My kids call me dad. Um, But, you know, you know, the the, the tenderness, the the softness uh, of, of that word Abba, hits me as a dad because, uh, you know, my daughter still calls me daddy and it just, uh, it wrecks me um, because it reminds me, uh, it reminds me of, of that tender time, uh, you know, when, when my 20-year-old and my 24-year-old were little, little, little 
bugs that would fall asleep in my arms and on my chest. I, I saw Stephen with his granddaughter over there, and I just I was reminded of that. I mean, she's just a, a tiny little thing, you know. And that's the tenderness of God, the gentleness who holds us and comforts us in our distress and, and who loves us with that gentleness, and, and he wants us to express that gentleness to others. It's interesting when, when you, you study scripture, particularly when you look at it in its original language, you know, the translators have trouble with this word gentleness because, because of the breadth, the, the sheer wideness of the meaning. I mean, they talk about it this way, that, that this word that we translate gentleness carries with it such a broad meaning um, of yielding one's power, uh, of being kind, of, of forbearing and forgiving trespasses, uh, of being lenient. And merciful. So, so when we understand how God loves us and treats us, we can understand what gentleness is like. And scripture commands us, actually tells us to be gentle. In the book of Philippians, we read, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I, I want to challenge you to memorize that scripture. Particularly those of you who struggle with gentleness. Memorize that scripture because um, all means everyone. So think about this. Not just your family, but everyone. Not just your friends, but everyone. Not just Christ followers, but everyone. Not just people who like you, but everyone. Not just people who uh, treat you with kindness and are nice to you, but everyone. Not just people who share your same values, but everyone. That's right. Gentleness, your gentleness should be evident to all people. Your gentleness should be evident to your kids, your sons and daughters, <coughs> when they're obedient, and when you have prodigal sons and prodigal daughters, your gentleness should be evident to them. Look, if uh, you have a kind and loving mommy and daddy, your gentleness should be evident to them. Even also when you have parents who are cold and distant, your kindness should be, your gentleness should be evident to them. Your gentleness should be evident to your in-laws and to your outlaws. Your, your, your gentleness should be evident to your brothers and sisters in Christ, but also to those people who, who don't believe in God or, or practice a different faith. Your, your gentleness should be evident to your friends and yes, to your enemies. Your, your gentleness should be evident to people who share your values and your views on issues. And yes, they should. your gentleness should be evident to people who don't share your values and your views. Are your words gentle? Is your tone, the tone of your speech, gentle? Are your actions gentle? Are your thoughts gentle? How has God loved you? With gentleness. How has God treated you? With gentleness. 
When we don't treat others like God has treated us, we dishonor God, and we disrespect God, and, and we even sin against God because he's told us to let our gentleness be evident to all. Remember, the Holy Spirit wants us to bear fruit, and the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit, and he's gentle, and he comes to us. He doesn't force anything on us. We get the opportunity to invite the Spirit of God to move in us, to teach us, to guide us, to comfort us, to nudge us gently in the right direction. Now, um, at the end of that verse from Philippians 4, 5, you might have remembered there was a tiny phrase, the Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Why is that phrase there? You see, the the Apostle Paul sensed that the return of Jesus Christ was imminent, that that it it would be very soon. And he said, your gentleness needs to be evident to all because the Lord is near. He's coming back soon. So in other words, you need to be prepared. You need to be right with God. You need to, to let your life be a life of gentleness lived in relationship. And, and while the Lord didn't come when Paul expected, that message is no different to us today because we're told in Scripture to be prepared for the return of Christ. We're told to, to be found faithful when he comes. And so that means we need to bear the fruit of gentleness because the Lord is near. It also means that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's near. And the Holy Spirit also wants to bear fruit in our lives. So so there's this urgency that we need to be living like God wants us to live. Because the Lord is returning, we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. So gentleness helps us love like God loves. Here's the next point that I want us to understand. Gentleness allows us to share Christ. Gentleness allows us to share Christ with other people. Peter wrote these words in his first letter. He said, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for good than for doing evil. To suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Now, just a quick historical reminder. When Peter wrote these words... The emperor of Rome, the known world then was really the, uh, the Roman Empire, and the emperor of Rome was Nero. Nero persecuted Christians. He hated them. He blamed the, the great fire of Rome on the Christians. He tortured and killed them because of their faith in Jesus Christ, because they wouldn't bow and worship him because of their faith in Jesus Christ. So it's in that context that Peter writes these words. He tells the Christ followers in that letter to submit to the authorities, Nero. He he tells them to 
endure hardship and persecution because of their faith. Uh, in, in chapter 2, he says this. He says, live such good lives among the pagans, in other words, people who don't believe in Jesus, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. It's in this context that Paul writes these verses. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do so with gentleness and respect. One writer has said this. The place where Christ is to be revered as Lord is in your hearts. And he explains, we should not understand the heart as our inner and private lives, uh, which are inaccessible to other people. Uh, The heart is the origin of human behavior, he writes, and from it flows everything we do. Hence, revering Christ as Lord in our hearts is not merely a private reality, but will be evident to all when believers suffer for their faith. So the inner and the outer life are inseparable. For what happens within will inevitably be displayed to all, especially when we suffer. So so there's this idea that even when we suffer, uh, even when we have hardships and difficulties in life, we want to let the fruit of gentleness be evident. How we live in the face of this world where others don't believe in Jesus or don't respect our faith is important. Our faith is supposed to be visible to others, even in the midst of difficulties and disappointments, even in life's hardships, even when we face persecution because we believe in Jesus. And of course, when we respond to those things that are not gentle to us, but we respond with gentleness, people will ask, why? How can you do that? And you can tell them the hope that you have in Jesus Christ and that you respond with gentleness because of that hope. We must remember, as Peter says, for it is better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So in this context, why is the fruit of gentleness so important? It's important for sharing the gospel with others. And just a couple of more thoughts. You know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, sometimes we're so quick to tell people what we know and we're so quick to talk that we don't care for people. And sometimes as Christ followers, we don't respond with gentleness. We, we, we respond, respond with judgmentalness. Um, gentleness says we care. And it's winsome and attracts people to Christ. Here's just another thought. There's a whole bunch of people in this world that are watching Christ followers to see how they handle hardship how they handle loss, how they handle disappointment, how they handle difficulties. They want to see if you really believe what you say you believe. Because it's easy to say you believe what you believe when things are going well. But what about when life is hard? 
And life will be hard. We've all experienced it. Nobody's exempt from it. So if you want to share Christ with people, then you need to let the fruit of the spirit of gentleness well up. It's winsome. It, it, it attracts people. They want to know why, how you can be gentle in the face of hardship or persecution or loss or death or whatever it may be. Let me sort of draw this, these thoughts to a, a conclusion here. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you're part of God's team. Whether you've acknowledged it or not, you're, you're on God's ministry team, which means you're part of God's plan. Yeah, you're part of God's plan to take the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, to the world. And where you live, where you work, where you play, where you go to school, uh, who, who is in your life, I don't think that is because of happenstance. I think God has put you in a place where you can share with others through your words and through the way you live your life about what God's doing in your life, the, the gentleness of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, and here's what I believe. I believe that through the Holy Spirit and through God's word, you've been given everything you need. You've been given the, the most important tools. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, to live in you, to guide you, to teach you, to comfort you, to nudge you. And sometimes we need nudging off the, the, the couch of Christian apathy. And we've been given God's word that, that gives us insight into God's mind, into the, to the mind of Christ. And, and so we can see it and we can, we can live our lives by it. And so we're told to let our gentleness be evident to all. And so we need to live that way. And so that's why, you know, I started today when I got up here and I wanted to challenge you to, to share with other people why you're thankful. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you were dead in your trespasses before you believed. Your eternal destination was not heaven. It was hell. But through Jesus Christ, you've been granted eternal life. And you've been brought on to God's team to share that with other people. You know, and I'll be honest, you know, you're going to be probably hanging out with family this week. And uh, sometimes your family, who know you really well, they need to see you live it out with your mouth zipped closed. They need to see that it makes a difference in the way you treat them, the way you, uh, or how you treat others how you live, people want to see that. They want to know that. They want to see if you really believe. So, so look, I, I want to challenge you to, to let the, the fruit of gentleness just well up in your lives in, in the coming days and weeks because, as we mentioned, we're going to be moving into Advent and the Christmas season. There's all kinds of opportunities for you to reach out to friends, to family, to neighbors, to coworkers, and invite them to events where they can see other Christians, where they can hear the good news of Jesus Christ, where they can be encouraged to take a step of faith. And, and you know, we have stories of people who have come to the uh, Women's Ornament Exchange or, or to a Christmas Eve service, and through that small touch, it changed the direction of their lives, and they came to faith in Jesus Christ. And you have the opportunity to participate in that, but you need to bear the fruit of gentleness. 
So I want to pray for us that we would let the Holy Spirit bear the, all the fruit of the Spirit, but the, the fruit of the Spirit of gentleness. So if you would, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you love us enough to, to uh, give us the Holy Spirit to live in our lives. And you desire to, to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And Lord, we know uh, the salvation that we have. We know the gift of eternal life that we've been given through Jesus Christ. But we know that to share with other people, we need to, we need to live that fruit of gentleness. We need to let our gentleness be evident to all. And so, Lord, we pray, each one of us, we pray, Lord, we ask, Lord, let, uh, give us a, just a favor with you to, to bear that fruit of gentleness and, and be winsome, to be able to be a, a witness to you uh, over this week of Thanksgiving and as we move into the Advent and Christmas season so that, Lord, uh, you would be introduced to new people, new sons and daughters we would get to play our part. So Lord, have your will in us. Holy Spirit, bear the fruit of gentleness in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. Let's uh, sing this last song together. Stay, but when you move, I'll move. I will follow. 
challenge you to, to talk about that when you go out in the cafe and connect with one another. I, I do want to say this too. I know many of you brought in uh, gifts for some Thanksgiving baskets today. Thank you. Uh, we're going to share that with folks in the community and we're just on their behalf. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, the prayer team members will be up front after we conclude the service. So if you want to pray with somebody, if, if you want to connect uh, up here, I want to encourage you to do that. Now I'll close our service with a final blessing. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, as we've come into this place, we've come to hear your word. We've come to see it and read it and let it come into us. And so, Lord, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful for your spirit. And, Lord, we say, have your way in us. Let us be the, the men and women and followers of you that you desire us to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. It's our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information about Valleybrook Community Church, please visit our website at valleybrook.cc.